Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 246th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. We win! 54 to 53, North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh, way to Worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout! Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! This is the Four Corners Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're with you guys once again today. A quick turnaround episode after... Yesterday, we updated you on Carolina's prospects in the transfer portal. They would then go out and land Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame merely after we got done recording. So we're back today to break down what Cormac Ryan brings to Carolina if we like the move and if this is a big enough move to to get the fan base back in a positive direction. But before we get into that, We start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. We go to a quote from Dave Winfield, and his quote is, A winner is one who is not afraid of the challenge, who rebounds from his setbacks, and who was flexible enough to make adjustments to exceed the next time. And, you know, look, I think think Carolina's got – winners on their roster. You've got R.J. Davis. You've got Armando Baycott. Guys that are all ACC caliber players. For Baycott, he's an All-American caliber player. But this team this team failed a year ago, and now those two guys are back to to really make amends and right the wrongs from, from last year. So they're trying to rebound from these setbacks, and then you know, you're looking at all these transfers that Carolina's bringing in to Stadid Ryan, You've had Paxson Wojcik and um, Jalen Withers committed now for a little bit. Both of those guys are, are looking to be flexible enough to make adjustments to succeed here at Carolina where, you know, for Wojcik he had success at Brown, but there's a big step up from the Ivy League to the ACC. And Jalen Withers, a guy that, you know, had some success at Louisville individually, but never got to really experience team success during his time with the Louisville Cardinal program. So, you know, when you look, though, at at Cormac Ryan, he did commit to Carolina 
last night. You're talking about a guy who has spent the last four years uh, at Notre Dame. He did redshirt after transferring in from Stanford because that was back before you got the one-time transfer rule. So he's played the last three years of his college basketball at Notre Dame. That was back in what, about 1902? There it is. You know, when you look at his career between Stanford and Notre Dame, he averaged at least 8.7 points per game. Um, you know, as a career 35% three-point shooter. He's 6'5". He's from New York, so he adds some size, and he adds some toughness to this Carolina backcourt, uh, which is going to look a lot different this upcoming year with, with no Caleb Love back there with R.J. Davis. So when you initially look at the addition of Cormac Ryan, what 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 first comes to mind as as Carolina has now added a second guard this transfer portal cycle? Uh, experienced power conference player. That's the first thing that should come to mind when you talk about Cormac because he's a guy that has been in this conference as you mentioned for four years now. He's incredibly familiar with it. He was coached by a really good coach and Mike Bray, and you know even before that. He came in and was a contributor as a freshman at Stanford. Yep. And that was, if I remember correctly, and I, I can look I I'm I can actually look it up here real quick. Uh that Stanford team, I'm pretty sure yeah, no, they okay, never mind. They weren't a great team. Or or that they weren't one of their better teams. Um, but still, I mean, for him to come in and, and contribute, and here's the thing. We talked about all those years. Each year that he played you mentioned it, averaged 8.7 a game. He also started at least 16 games in every one of those seasons. But he's a guy that does have experience with coming off the bench. So he's a guy that's used to his role sort of fluctuating and still being able to come out and put up consistent numbers. So I think Carolina got a, a really solid veteran here. The thing that really encourages me about him is that last year they kind of needed – some guys to step up for Notre Dame. And look, it it was not anywhere near the year that they were hoping for. But Cormac Ryan was one of those dudes that stepped up with some of the other guys that were struggling around him. Best year scoring the ball at 12.3 per game. Didn't shoot it as efficiently, but he shot it at a higher volume. So I, I think there's a lot to be encouraged with when it comes to Cormac Ryan. The thing is, is that... Tutorial fans just have to understand this is not a guy that is going to completely take over games night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy that, you know, has started a a handful of games, 87 career starts, you know, in a power conference, you know, with, with 17 of them coming with Stanford, the other you know, 72 or what are the other 70 of them coming at Notre Dame in the ACC level. He becomes the third ACC transfer that Hubert Davis has landed, joining Justin McCoy uh, back during his first uh, summer with the program. And now you got Jalen Withers and and Cormac Ryan uh, in this cycle. And and I think that stuff does matter, especially with all the the mid-major guys that Carolina was interested in with at the beginning, you know, talking about going after you've already gotten Pax and Wojcik, but you you hosted Nick Timberlake on a, on a visit. You showed a lot of interest in Dalton Neck, a, a guy from the mid major level. You had to balance that type of stuff out with power conference players, and it does appear that for right now they've done that. 
Um, I, I feel like if Carolina were to land another transfer or two, they're going to come from the power conference ranks, whether it's Harrison Ingram from Stanford, Matthew Cleveland from Florida State, or whatnot. And, and then so, you know, this this was just another step. This this isn't this shouldn't be, and we don't expect it to be the final move that Hubert Davis makes this summer. Um, because if so, you know, it's going to be very easy to say and look at it and say that they didn't do enough. But he adds a lot of different stuff to the roster. Consistent perimeter shooting, something this team is in need of outside of R.J. Davis. His ability to impact the game, you know, as a rebounder. Uh, he's he's a lifetime 4.2 rebounder per game over his four years playing college basketball. And for a guard... You know, you'll take that. If, if, if you're getting four and a half, five rebounds from your guards, you know, that's that's that, that's going to help Carolina be a much more complete and better rebounding team. And then the biggest thing is the experience. You know, in this in this day and, and age of the portal, experience is, sh- is showing up more and more in March. I mean, San Diego State, because of their – just their sheer age and experience – Got to a national championship game. Like, yes, they were talented. Brian Dutcher is a really, really good head coach. But if those were freshmen and sophomore players, does San Diego State upset the number one seed in the tournament, Bama? Probably not. Do they get to the national title game? Probably not. But you've got dudes that have been around the block for a while. Well, now you're adding Cormac Ryan to a roster that will feature a fifth-year senior in Armando Baycott and now a fourth-year senior in R.J. Davis. To me, that stuff matters because you're going to have three guys that you can throw into the fire, fifth-year senior Paxson Wojcik. These guys have seen and been through it all, and they shouldn't be phased by as much adversity if things go wrong or even praise if things go right. I feel like Carolina's got a lot more just stable leadership now in this on the roster with this addition of Ryan. Well, especially with him because he fits exactly what you've been talking about and what you've been wanting, which is a guy that is experienced in a power conference, and, and this is in the ACC. So it's a guy that's used to playing a 20-game conference schedule in one of the more difficult conferences in the entire country, even if the bracketologists want you to believe that it's the 20th best co- conference in the country. Um, I, I, the thing, too, is that I really like is, as you mentioned, it seems like either Harrison Ingram, Matthew Cleveland, Caroline is going to try to add somebody else that might be a better player than Cormac Ryan even is. So if he is the fourth option, look at the numbers that he had two years ago. I don't I want to say junior season, but I with with the COVID and the COVID year and everything like that, there is no telling. But look at what he did two years ago. Look at his numbers that year. Shot almost shot over forty percent from three, over forty five percent from the field, and that was because he was shooting it at a lesser clip and or at shooting it less because he, he they didn't need him to be to play the role that he did this year. So if he is in you know the role as the fourth fifth option if, even if he's coming off the bench I feel like he will be in a in a role that suits him a lot better than what he had to do this past year. Look, he handled it well. He scored it still at a pretty high rate, 
but I think having that that pressure off of him to have to be one of, if not the best player on the floor night in and night out, should probably help him. Well, I mean, also I think the thing you got to look at, he's averaged his lowest three points, uh, three point attempt per game average came back in 2021-22 at four point at four point oh. His freshman year, 6.5. His second year in college, 5.0. His third year uh, on the court, 4.0. Then this past year, 5.7. So even if that number is right in that same mark, 5, 5.5, whatever, you're also playing with better players. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I've talked about with Harrison Ingram where you know he's only averaged 10.5 points per game, but playing with R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott is going to make the game easier. Notre Dame had solid players. J.J. Starling was a five-star prospect. Leighton, you know, Nate, Nate Lashewski was a, a, a really good dude. These guys weren't the, the level of what Carolina has in Davis and Baycott where you got, you know, all conference-level players, all-American types of players. And so even if you're shooting, you know, at five, five threes per game, how much cleaner are those looks going to be? How much easier are those looks going to be where, you know, especially this past year for him, he was having to create a lot of his looks from beyond the arc on his own because there there, there wasn't anyone else on Notre Dame's roster work double teaming and stuff like that. And so I think that's something that Hubert Davis has done a really good job of. Same thing with Jalen Withers when you, you look at him. And his three-point shooting isn't anything spectacular, but I think – the theory and the belief is is we're going to put you in in a better position to succeed and thrive. And the thing about Ryan is is that if, is is if he's in a much better position with what he's already produced, the sky's kind of the limit for this guy. Even if he is Carolina's fourth, fifth option or whatever, he's going to be surrounded by better players. He's going to be in a much more uh in a in a better playing environment and, and I think I think that's going to do some wonders for him um, as, as he transitions here to Carolina. You could tell that, that that there was a want and a desire to add him to the roster. There was a, a, a Snapchat that was floating around on social media. I think it was from Armando Baycott where uh, he was kind of in the background while Ryan was doing his little photo shoot when he was on his visit or whatever. So th- th- this was something that whenever he visited – you know there was there was a meshing at right away where it just it just it felt like he fit and we said yesterday that like when it came to him and it came to to Harrison Ingram when it comes to Harrison Ingram you got to feel like when those guys are leaving campus they're leaving a having already committed or pretty much finalizing their commitment and waiting till they get back home to do that and and after you after you missed out on Timberlake it's okay. It was okay to question that, and I said this the other day. When you have the year that you had, it's not going to be easy to sell. You're like you're Carolina, but your first year you were the cool place to come be because you had a new head coach, and that always happens. The second year you were rebounded away from a national championship, and you still couldn't get the guys you wanted to come in the door for a variety of different reasons. So I look at this one and I say. This is this is another step. This has to build towards another commitment. Yep. Hopefully this weekend. Like if Carolina comes out here and they get Harrison Ingram who's on campus this weekend, if they get Matthew Cleveland a guy that they're going to aggressively recruit, then this will feel much bigger. Oh, they'll be in tremendous shape yeah. if they get those two. Even if they get one of them, you would probably feel pretty good about where the team is at. 
Yeah. And I I, I, I got to be honest, I don't I don't really know if they will pursue Matthew Cleveland if they get Harrison Ingram. I think they should. I think we both think they should. I think they should pursue Cleveland more than Ingram. That's what I said. But, I, but but with the ties to Ingram having previously recruited him, it makes sense why Hubert Davis and the staff are prioritizing him. I would look. This is this is what I would say. I I would prioritize Cleveland ahead of Ingram on my own board. If let's say both of these guys were at the same stage in their recruitment, but they're not. Harrison Ingram is in a spot where this is your shot. If you don't seal the deal here, he's going to Kansas or he's going somewhere else if Kansas is not an option. Most likely. So that that's that's the point that you're at if you're Carolina. Also, you know, you you you're getting to the point now where you can't be super picky because you haven't been able to close down recruitments. That's what I think this recruitment with Cormac Ryan shows. And look, I don't really know how much interest he had outside of Carolina. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really see anything outside of his ties to Carolina. But one of the things that I said yesterday when we were recording was that I was concerned about the way that Carolina was closing out these transfer recruitments. Because you have had guys that have visited campus. You have had guys that... Carolina's even just been interested in and it seems like there's another name that enters the portal they sort of get mystified with that name that's entered the portal and it ends up leading to them losing another uh, another talented transfer option and so I think they did a really good job here of taking care of this one and I got to be honest when I first saw his name and he was linked to Carolina I said Cormac Ryan, really? But when you dig deeper into it, like I don't think people realize how how good he actually played last year on the offensive end of the floor. I I think this is this is a legitimate pickup, but I agree with you that this has to be a step towards at least one of the other two guys. Then you would imagine you're gonna at least get one reclassification, and then from there. Do you add a, Do you add somebody that can help you off the bench? Do you real do, do you push hard for Matthew Cleveland? That's the decision that I, I think the staff will have to make if they get Ingram. You know, I was I was talking to our boss last night about this. Which which one? The the boss that listens to the podcast. Okay, well they could both listen to the podcast. Remember that we are now we are now both on the network the podcast network for the job so we could be under some watchful eyes here and i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the first time that we get in trouble it will be because of you how i'm the much i'm I'm a lot more reserved okay well that's just that's just a lot more sure a lot more level-headed i mean i don't cuss on here i don't i don't do anything that's right that's right you save that oh my bad! You save the jokes for the football one where you talk about tight ends constantly. <laughs> no, we you, have not gotten through a single. You talk moment. about tight ends and I just laugh. No, I I no. You say you say every episode. I like tight ends, and then laugh. I do. I mean, it still hasn't changed. 
You're a child. I, I mean, but you know, you're a child. The, the thing that he brought up was, and this was a really good point because I was kind of like, you know, I, I like the move. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Your bench got older, and I, I, I do think that's that's important because Hubert Davis is now putting himself in a position to where you really can't justify not playing your bench. Because depending on how the roster shakes out, well, I mean, you know, you know, maybe Cormac Ryan starts, maybe not. I'd be at this point with the way the roster is built right now, I'd be stunned if he's you know, not a maybe yes. Paxson Wojcik starts, maybe not. If they don't, you know, those guys are fifth, six-year college basketball players. Where you know, all we kind of heard last year was, you know, they're they're not ready. Whether they're not doing the right things in practice or not doing the things I, on the floor, which, I mean, and they weren't exact. I mean, he wasn't exactly wrong. Well, you also got to play him enough. The, you know, one game isn't enough of a sample size. You've now got multiple guys on your bench to where playing seven, eight deep isn't you know isn't out of the question. Like, like if Carolina comes back and they run it back with what the type of depth that they did this year and your bench minutes are as little as they were again this year, mm-hmm. we're going to have legitimate, legitimate conversations about how Hubert Davis runs his program. Because I'm, oh, no question. I'm yes. willing to bet that if Cormac Ryan and Paxson Wojcik are bench players— they're better players than anyone that was on Carolina's bench last year. 100%. They're proven. That's that's the thing. We, we've talked about each of the last two years. We have spent the early portion of preseason, when they, when they get into practice, talking about the guys that we think are going to take steps forward. That's what we've done the last two years. And that's why the depth there has been incredibly questionable. But now, it's starting to look more like the veteran benches that we have seen from times, or Carolina have at times. Now, again, Cormac Ryan, at this point, I would be shocked if he is not a starter for the first game of the season. Whether it is at the two guard or on the wing at the three. I think there is a legitimate chance that he will be starting at one of those two positions. But I think, and you seem to be differing on this a little bit, and I guess I could see it as of right now, I think Jalen Withers will come off the bench. I think if, if they if they end up bringing in the transfers that are, are needed, then I think they will bring him off the bench. And then I think... At this point, Paxson Wojcik, to me, is a bench guy. Not to mention DeMarco Dunn, who we think, you know, regardless is going to have an expanded role. And then you'll have the young guys. So, yeah, I like like the group that they are putting together. I like the experience that they have. The the biggest question that people are going to have now about the bench. I don't think it's going to be are they going to are they going to play the bench guys. That joke still running around, but I think with the veteran guys, he will. You can already foresee what the beef is going to be next year, right? Well, he only plays the transfer guys off the bench. He doesn't play enough of the young guys off the bench. That's that's going to be the newest beef that people are going to have. Yeah, I mean, the best way to avoid that is just kick everyone's butt. That way, you have to you're just playing your your reserves to 
you know, to develop more depth and more importantly, save your guys from getting injured or getting worn down the, as the year moves along. To be fair, they could play all those bench guys too, and people would be complaining that the Biscuit Boys don't get to play enough. So, where's Bo May? You know, like the the thing is, is that love Bo May. Um, man. you know, th- th- this is a good sign, is because you know, if Demarco Dunn is a bench player, was he's he's now a junior, he's an upperclassman, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel like, depending on who they add moving forward, three guards is going to be Carolina, is the way Carolina plays. And maybe that is Davis, Wojcik, Ryan. And so, you know, even still, you know, you're going to have a. a, a so you, you, re, you, you think Wojcik will start? I, th- I think DeMarco Dunn would probably would, start over him. It would I, depend. But either way, you're going to have an upperclassman coming off the bench, something that right. you just simply haven't had for the last couple of years. And that stuff matters when you're trying to have a, a, a reserve, you know, run and, and organize your team. Another thing that Carolina's done so far this year, and we knew this was going to be a focal point, and this was also a big reason why they went after Ryan, was, you know, they added, they needed added perimeter shooting. And they have, they've added three transfers so far, Wojcik, Ryan, Jalen Withers. They have combined to, to make 382 career threes on 35% uh, shooting when you look at all three of their averages. Have they done enough to adequately address the lack of perimeter shooting on the roster? And I I, I think, you know, you see 35%. It's not, you know, it's below average. You want your guys at about 38%. But I I still think the answer is yes because you've got R.J. Davis. I think DeMarco Dunn, assuming he has a consistent role, Everything his shot looks good, but when you don't play consistently, you're never in a rhythm. Your shot's gonna look like his was last year, which is up and down at times. And then I just look at adding these types of guys to the roster that Carolina has with its talent and its versatility. I expect all three of their numbers to improve. I'm not saying they're gonna all be shooting over forty percent, but if they're all shooting in the mid to high thirties, thirty six, thirty seven, preferably thirty eight percent. I don't think anyone's going to be sitting here complaining, and they're not done. Like if you get a Cleveland well, or an Ingram, well, let's let's not be hasty here. People will still complain because that's the point we're at. Yeah, but I but like yeah, no, I, I, get I what look you're at what they've done, and I'm still not I'm still not satisfied, but I'm more content than where I was, you know, two weeks ago. Like I I I can see the roster he's putting together. And I can envision it looking successful on the court next year. Well, here's here's the thing: is that the people, the the guys that were in the portal that shot over forty percent, nobody wanted those guys because they played in they they played in small conferences. So this is you, you wanted major conference guys. Well, you're not going to get guys that shoot lights out. Those guys are going to either stay in place or they're going to the next level. You're not going to find, and this is the other thing, like, are people looking for Cam Johnson? Like, everybody's looking for Cam Johnson in the transfer portal, right? A generational three-point shooter, but guys, that's not, like, that is one of the best transfer additions a program has made in the last 10 years. I I mean, it's him, him and Brady Manick. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that Carolina has been so boomer bust with the guys that they're bringing in, but I mean, with this group, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty, I feel pretty good about where it is. Remember that last year, you shot thirty-one percent from beyond the arc. 
mm-hmm. as a team. Second worst in program history. So if you get to 35%, I, I mean, that's a huge difference. Well, you know, and Brian Ops put this tweet out with the, with the combined – 35% shooting of the transfers coming in. That would have tied Carolina for 20th among power conference teams with Creighton. Yeah. I uh, mean, guys, that's Creighton was a huge. bad foul call away from going to the Final Four. Yeah, that's huge. That would that would be a massive – I mean, how many how many wins do you think that, that equates to? Five or six? I mean, off the top of my head, and look, if, Car- look, if, if you're doing that, not only does Carolina make the tournament, Carolina's probably a, a higher seed. Well, they sweep Duke. You, you know? Like uh, so, that that's going to be the thing is that you've you've identified guys that can help you in that area, whether they've had bad years or not. That's going to happen, you know. Like that, like shooting, shooting the basketball isn't isn't as easy as Steph Curry makes it. That's why you know, baseball. If you bat three hundred, you're a good hitter. And basketball, if you're shooting thirty seven percent from three. People are going to say you're a good shooter, so you know mm-hmm. you, you've you've got guys that 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 you can see that happening. And I think the thing about this, and maybe I'm just having fantasies, uh oh, is that like I That's I dangerous. I I see this roster having like I envision it having success a lot easier than I did in year one. Like in year one, there was there was a lot of questions, a new style. You know, you were going to see your young backcourt play in front of college basketball crowds for the very first time. And it took, you know, three months for it all come together. Carolina goes on the run, whatever. Well, you also didn't have the veteran presences that you have in Baycott and Davis on that year, on that year one team. Yeah, no, in. but I mean, like, like, you know, last year... We all thought success was inevitable because you were bringing back the same core that took you so close to winning a national championship, aside from Brady Manning. So, look, I'm not sitting here declaring today I think Carolina's going to win the ACC or whatever. Oh, please don't. Not but after I, last year. I oh. am sitting here and saying that I do think I'm seeing a team that's going to be, A, a lot more fun and enjoyable to watch because I think they're going to win a lot more. Yes. And then with that, that means a team that's playing in the NCAA tournament and stuff like that, and we're not having to do, you know, selection Sunday meltdowns because we, we not only missed the tournament, we skipped it on the NIT. So that's that's a positive sign because, you know, I told you, after the year came to an end. and Oh, here we go. You know, I told you. We, uh. we, saw, we saw all the, the, the first round of transfers kind of happen. My concern level was very high. I mean, it was a lot higher than when Roy Williams retired because, you know, there was a, there was, there's a trust in him that he was making the right decision for himself personally in the program uh, as a whole. And, you know, like th- this offseason was the very first time really – because even like 2010 disaster wasn't worried. Like, Carolina was just inexperienced, they were hurt, and they were bringing in dudes. And then even some of the years where it took Marcus Page and that and, and that core a few years to set the foundation was never worried. It was just the, the you know, the, the reality of the situation was they were a good team. They weren't great. They were good. But then they got, they became a great team and went to back-to-back national championship games. And so, 
you know, so for me, a guy that loses sleep during the season after losses, the loss of sleep has, has somewhat lessened here recently with some of the moves in the portal and some of the other guys that they're still looking to go get in the portal. Because if if they if they get Ingram or Matthew Cleveland, I think we'll be able to come on here and, and identify this as a winning offseason. And that was important. Like, that justifies not going to the NIT. Um, that, 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 that justifies a lot of the decisions that Hubert Davis has made since the season came to an end. And so, you know, with, with, with this Ryan addition, no, I'm not going to be sitting here doing jumping jacks or whatever, but I feel positive about where, where the program is going and where they're heading as they, as they continue to finalize this roster, uh, as, as the off season does march on. So, um, with that, that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. We do encourage you guys to visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com, where we've had you covered with all the major transfer portal news on the football and basketball side of things. Carolina basketball adding to the portal. Carolina football losing guys to the portal. Uh, we do encourage you guys to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, to find all that great uh, football and basketball coverage. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. New podcast home, but we're still on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the off season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that! <laughs>